If we asked you for your definition of success, what would you say? For us, it's simple. Success is unique to each and every one of us. Welcome to The Success Revolution, the podcast that's changing the way we talk and think about success. We're The Step Up Club. I'm Alice. And I'm Fenella. And we're on a mission to get every single one of you feeling successful, no matter what that success looks like to you. Welcome back to The Success Revolution. In today's episode, we speak to our favorite foodie of all time, Melissa Hemsley. This episode took an unexpected turn as Melissa bared all, not literally, but emotionally, about her life, her struggles, her successes, and how she has plenty of shit days in the mix. Now, usually at this point, we would give you a little taster of what's in store, but we think this episode is so open and honest and inspiring that we're going to let you digest it in one go. Put it this way, Melissa herself called it the best therapy session she's ever had, and we would agree. And no, we didn't charge her at the end. So Fan, what did you find illuminating about our chat with Melissa? Well, I mean, we both absolutely love her. Yeah, we do. She's so energetic and kind and lovely and funny and open, but she was particularly open in this podcast. I think what was really inspiring to me was the way that she was having a shit day. She'd actually said she'd been having a kind of shit two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that many people in her position, that many, I would call her a public figure, I don't think that many public figures would just sit down and admit to that so openly and I think that in terms of success that is really heartening because we don't always think of somebody like her who outwardly has this incredible life and has had this incredible high growth career we don't always think of them as actually doubting themselves and being wobbly and having shit days or weeks and actually she was worried about coming across negatively but I actually think that was really inspiring because I certainly was sitting there listening to it thinking I know in reality everybody has that but I don't hear it from people who are really successful and I think it's inspiring to know that they feel that way too. I think what was also interesting was the art of conversation so it struck me that just sitting down so she turned up with trillions of bags hot and sweaty I mean she says it herself and feeling kind of crumpled and not herself and as you'll see as the conversation unfolds I think she draws on talking about success and thinking about it in a different way and that was really heartening for me because that's the whole point of this podcast it's about opening up these conversations and challenging each other to think about our success in different ways I mean it's a hard thing to be asked what your success is because it isn't something that we always just have to mind and I think what we are finding as we're doing these podcasts is that the first answer isn't always the right answer not that there is a right it's not always the whole truth it's not always the whole truth I think success has many layers anyway but I think with Melissa the first answer is very much what was her feeling as she arrived in the room which was kind of messy for want of a better word and actually when we unpicked her year and even her last two weeks she's been on an amazing trip that she talks about that actually her success comes from much deeper relationships about giving back she's an amazingly charitable person and actually just feeding people is so much about her success and she certainly helped us incredibly with our business and it just felt really good to all sit around a microphone and reconsider what our successes are We loved it. It's not the form that all of our podcasts take, but we think it's very Melissa, and we think, as Fenella said, that it's enlightening in a really unique way. So we hope that you enjoy it. 
as you know, our podcast is not sponsored and each episode is done in support of a different charity. Today's episode is recorded at Melissa's request in aid of the Fair Trade Foundation. It's a charity that fundamentally changes the way trade works between developed and developing countries, ensuring that farmers who grow cocoa and coffee beans for our chocolate and our daily coffee, as well as banana plantation workers are always guaranteed a fair price. You can find out more information on fairtrade.org.uk, that's in the show notes, and Melissa also tells us quite a lot more about it in the episode, so please enjoy. Very quickly before we launch into Melissa's therapy session, we just wanted to remind you that Step Up School is open. It is our game-changing course. We run it online, we run it in person in London, and we would love you to come to our website and find out more. So head to the show notes and there's a little discount in there too. Now on with the interview. Melissa Hemsley is our favorite foodie and one half of the Hemsley sisters, who through their business Hemsley and Hemsley have pioneered modern healthy home cooking since 2010. Originally a private chef business catering to a celebrity clientele, things really took off when their blog was quickly picked up for a weekly recipe slot by British Vogue, the dream. One of the most energetic, funny, engaging people we know, Melissa absolutely embodies her latest book, Eat Happy, which was released earlier this year and is a celebration of fast, fuss-free, feel-good food all made in under 30 minutes. It's already reached number one on Amazon and been translated into quite a few languages. Melissa has been extensively featured across the media, including on TV. She presents her podcast, Live Life Better with Virgin Books and Penguin Living, talking to authors and experts, including us, on a huge range of subjects such as resilience, productivity, sleep, empathy, and happiness. Together with her sister, Jasmine, she's got two best-selling cookbooks, The Art of Eating Well and Good and Simple. They also have a Hemsley and Hemsley Cafe at Selfridges, London, which is delicious, by the way. And their primetime cookery show was shown on Channel 4 and distributed worldwide to over 20 countries. Melissa has a huge heart and she's heavily involved in charitable work as a proud supporter and volunteer for cookforsyria.com, headtalks.com, Future Dreams, The Prince's Trust, and is a judge of the Young British Foodies. She's also one of our featured experts in our Step Up book and is quite possibly the most generous and unfailing mentor and networker we've encountered in our Step Up journey. Melissa, we are so excited to have you on the Success Revolution. And when we were drawing up our list of people to interview, you were obviously right at the top. So we're so happy to have you in here. Obviously, the premise of our podcast is to talk about different definitions of success. Your career has massively evolved over time, and I'm guessing it has evolved in ways that you never would have imagined back in 2010 or before. So can you tell us a bit about how you defined success back then? First of all, thank you. I actually just got a bit teared up listening to all that. I told you I was uh, due a good cry. Thank (laughs) you. That's lovely. Wow. How did I define success back then? Well, hmm. I thought I knew it all. Back then, 2010, so I was 25 and I just started Hemsley and Hemsley with Jazz. So I left school, had wanted to be a doctor, had studied to be a doctor realized I would never be cut out to it. I didn't think I was in the end clever enough because I transferred schools and transferred sixth form and went to a school that sort of churned out doctors and lawyers. I felt like the stupidest person there. So that was a massive confidence fail for me. And then I didn't know what to do with that. I started working in one company, loved it, but just kept thinking this isn't right. This isn't for me. Joined another company. And then when Jazz and I started working together, it was probably the one I resisted the most because I thought, I don't want to cook for someone in their kitchen just doesn't feel right. I don't want to be at someone's beck and call. And then quickly fell in love with it. But I would say 
what I thought was success was having something that got you raring to go every single day that paid you enough money that you could go out for dinner a few times a month that you could go on a holiday that you were proud to talk about at a dinner party that you could tell your mum and dad and they would maybe get off your back for not being a doctor after they've sort of told everyone your whole life you're going to be a doctor that's what I thought it was and now as we were just talking as we walked in I said to them I'm knackered I've got a cold sore I'm sweaty I just feel like nothing's going right I'm carrying like 12 million bags I'm just feeling really sorry for myself today I don't feel very successful I feel like things are a bit falling apart and I feel like my body is giving me all the stress signs that make me therefore feel not very successful and I know I'm just having a bad day and I actually already feel cheered up just being with you guys but it's funny how even when you know the tools and you know your moods and you know when it's just an off day how easily you can just go I'm not successful today I'm not having a successful day I'm not what am I doing is this all am I treating this like a therapy session (laughs) (laughs) how long have I been talking (laughs) no it's fine you are the guest you're the guest keep going we want to know I think I'm just trying to work out your question which is Why did you say, I don't feel very successful today? And the context of that being, what are your metrics of success now? Because when you described what they were back in 2010, I feel like I can apply them to your life now. Could you? I'm not you, so that's irrelevant. But what's changed? What's the same? So I guess the big chunk that I miss out on, when you're imagining what success is and when you're sort of working towards it goal-wise, you think that every day will feel like nailing it and that Mm. feels like success and like nailed your breakfast meeting, nailed your workout, nailed your outfit, I mean, nailed your washing. You know, when it just feels like that's what you think success is and then today I feel like every single thing's gone wrong and I keep laughing about this thing on Instagram that I've seen. I don't know if you've seen it and it's something like, it's like I'm already tired of next week. I'm already exhausted by next week and I feel like this, last few weeks I have felt like that so it's not just today it's been like a funny two weeks I think I thought success would be feeling like every day pretty much is working out or every day feels right like smashing smashing it every day and I know that's not true but it's just so funny today thinking about coming on here I was like god I actually feel like I'm not having a nail that day so I was like maybe I'll pretend and then I was like no I can't pretend to you two I'm just gonna say it. I feel like I'm having an off day where sometimes my brain doesn't work So you know when someone's saying to you, do you want to work on this project? Would you like to do this? Would you like to write this? Do you ever just go, I can't think. My brain is just so tired. I don't know. You might be overwhelmed if you want to use this as a therapy session. Yeah, come on, let's do it. (laughs) No, that was my point. I'm not going to go into it. But I think that is it, is even when you ask, what is success? So for me, what I'll tell myself when I run my bath today and I feel sorry for myself is like, You made it through the day. It didn't feel like a fantastic day, but it's just a day. And actually, I do feel like every now and then just these days come where just nothing seems to work out right. And actually, maybe it's a little tested to myself to what can I learn from it? I need to have a better strategy to how I'm spending my time because obviously got too much on. Need to have a little bit of a break because, as you say, I'm overwhelmed. Need to book in some therapy sessions. Because I keep using podcasts. Because I keep using podcasts. As freebies. As freebie sessions. And what I really want to do, you posted it yesterday. You said you were doing a reflection on the last 12 months. And I think I should do that because I think that's going to be really good. A really good exercise. 
I was going to say... How do I do that? Essentially, ask yourself where you were a year ago and ask yourself where you are now and just look back over the amazing things that you've achieved. I mean, everybody listening, and I think it's amazing that you've decided to be open about how you're feeling because so many of us have those shit days where we don't feel successful and we think nothing's going right. But I think people look at someone in the public eye like you, someone who has this amazing career evolution and think, oh, but if I was like that, I would feel successful every day. And I think it's important for people to know it's okay, we all have up days and down days and that's all right. I think it's also really interesting that you're defining success in a really day-to-day way because there is a day-to-day granular definition of success of do I feel good each day? Do I feel happy? Do I feel calm? But there's also a bigger definition as in where do I want to be in five or ten years' time when I look back over my life? How do I want it to have been or where do I want it to be? Do you ever think about that? Yeah, I think... I have in the past thought more about those ones and then got to a point where I just go, oh, am I thinking enough about day-to-day balance, success in my personal life? This week I've been making a point of, and I might be able to just squeeze it in today before it gets dark, can I get outside with my dog for half an hour? Like that feels like a really important thing that I can really vibe off for me and my dog. Me Do you too. feel like that? Yes. With you all like being able to pick up your kids, like, you know, I know that my friends, they can't pick up their kids or they can't put them to bed. That really shakes them either way. If they haven't been able to do that regularly that week. But I feel like I'm starting to really, I'm 33 now. I feel like really this year, 2018, my year 32 into 33, I've really started to employ way more of my toolkit. So, like, I know from you guys about the brag file. I'm assuming Mm -hmm. everyone listening here knows about the brag file. If not, we'll tell them about the brag file. But I have my brag file that these girls have taught me. And I've started scheduling in... Okay, so I can't bring myself to write day off. See, there's an issue there. So I'll write in admin day into my diary because quite a few people have access to my diary. And I think even before they had access to my diary, I don't think I could have ever let myself have a day off too much. I sort of like give it a name of admin day. And some days I'm like, I'm not going to do anything today because I need it. I need to not do anything today. But then in the end, you end up doing your admin, don't you? Because we run our own businesses and that's what happens. But I think I've started to get much better at just, I can read the signs. So like right now my body's like, you're tired, stop. And I also knew I was going to feel like this because I knew that I jammed. You know, I've been to Kenya with the Fair Trade Foundation and got straight into another big project. I knew I'd feel tired. But I have decided to myself that this is the year that I ask for more help, which I think is a big one. Is that a good one? Am I doing it right, Alice? Asking for help reflecting on things for me Instagram massively now I've really really narrowed in on who I listen to so I I've narrowed in on what I will spend my time with on Instagram and actually reading material as well and yeah without being sucky I massively pay attention I, I literally save all of your posts thank you and well, then I knew there was one person yeah it's, <laughs> it's me guys it's me I save your posts because your posts are always so thoughtful and I really know how much effort goes into writing a post and most of my posts are like blah 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 make a leftover frittata and that takes me ages so I know that yours must take you half a day and I really appreciate them but now I'm just like right for me I want my success I want to find more in me as a person I do feel proud of myself I've done three books 
And when I actually look at that, I think, my God, how did that even happen? So I feel proud of that. But I realise now that's not enough. That literally is not enough. And it is enough. And that doesn't discount how hard I worked and how much I appreciate anyone that supported me. But that's not enough to help me feel successful. And what really makes me feel successful is the other stuff that I'm trying to work out, which is how I'm feeling, how I look forward to what's coming up. So I used to be really gung-ho and be like, I'll just go for it or I'll really not do it. And I'm trying really hard to find a middle ground where I will push myself out of my comfort zone, but I also don't have to be doing all these things and good at all those things just because everyone else is. I'm interested to know, obviously, you said at the top that you slightly resisted working with jazz because it seemed too obvious and that wasn't exactly what you imagined for yourself. Yeah. And now you've had a year-ish apart not working so closely together. And when I listen to you talking about your success, which I think is quite obviously very tied into your balance and your personal life, and it all sounds like really it's one package. Yeah. How has your definition of success changed from working now on your own? Do you think it's confused it a bit more because you it is so focused on you or do you feel like it's opened you to a new space within success mm. and what your success is god such good questions what I meant before when I was initially resisting it was more about being a chef yeah but now that you bring it up I was a bit like oh I don't know if I want to work with my sister because you know it felt like oh well, we could just be the two sisters that started a business back then it just felt a bit cute. And and actually, funnily enough... It is cute, but a great and, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> funnily enough, back then, when we were getting offered TV shows and books, there were people that wanted it to be a cute sister thing, as an aside. But no, so what I meant was that I wasn't keen on being a private chef because that, for me, felt like a sort of power shift. Mm. Does that make sense? Like mm. I was like, oh, well, first of all, I'm not a trained chef or a trained cook, and I had no aspirations to be... Is jazz? Is that where no, no. Food, so did food oh, really mind? long story, but essentially, jazz and I were the only people cooking for our friends and our friendship groups. Everyone else was very much like, "Let's go out for dinner." This was like nine years ago, and none of our friends could cook, and they were all like, "Cooking's stressful. Cooking's hard. We were never taught to cook. We don't want to cook." Whereas our mum was always like, "Don't eat out at restaurants. Restaurants are the devil. They just want to take your money." <laughs> And she's still, even when she comes to our cafe, my mum's like, I'll pay my way. And we're like, no, mum, it's free. But if it's free for me, then you're missing out on a customer that would be paying you. You know, that's our mum. Can you imagine where I got this stuff from? So it's basically been a year since Jazz's book came out. And it's about nine months since my book came out. So while we still do loads together, you're right, it has shifted. I think this a big thing has been we've both taken on loads because we've had to do Hemsley and Hemsley stuff which includes our cafe and everything around our stuff, plus launch our own thing. So actually, yeah, no wonder I'm a bit tired. Yeah. You know, and also you mentioned opening up to a different space, finding our own spaces and going, well, what are we offering that's different? And, you know, what's not just Hemsy and Hemsy and also dealing with the stresses of running one business and essentially setting up a second one. Yeah, no wonder I'm quite tired. (laughs) I mean, we work obviously in a very close partnership. Yeah. What does it feel like going from the comfort of that or the pressures of that to yeah. working solo? Well, I think the nice thing is, is I get the beauty of both. I thought I would find working by myself harder, but actually, and I think Jazz feels the same, it is very freeing because 
when you feel really passionate about one thing, or say it's not even something very exciting or sexy, but you're like, something needs to be done, I can just do it. When there's two of you sometimes, I don't know how it is with you two, but you've got to run it past each other, you've got to check the other person wants it, and sometimes that's just an extra faff you don't have the time for, so it constantly feels like, in a diplomatic way, you've got to check in with someone. So actually, when I was writing my book, I was like, brilliant. I just even logistically need to wait for Jazz to come back and taste that, or if Jazz was travelling around the world because she did loads of travelling the last years, I could still do all the things I wanted to do because I didn't come as this package. But having said that, what I love about you two is you're very much you two, but you also do things separately, like the podcast when we were interviewing and so on. But for me and Jazz, it just felt like at the time we could never do stuff separately because it was like Hemsley and Hemsley. So it was surprisingly freeing, and I actually really enjoyed it. And as much as having two businesses was tiring... Once I was away with my stuff, the whole process of writing the book, and I think it was my third book, I should have been better. (laughs) You know, the first book, you're like, when you write the second book, you're like, I'll never make the same mistakes as I did in the first. You still do them. We don't know yet. We're not there yet. You're not there yet, but you'll get it. You'll be like, let's not do the things from the first time that we messed up. And then, of course, you will. And the third time, fingers crossed, I avoided some obstacles and bits and bobs. But yeah. I do feel when I've got like a Hemsey and Hemsey event on or we go and do an interview or we've got a project we're working on or a supper club, it does feel nice. It feels very easy to slip into it and it does take the heat off sometimes if you're tired, when the other one can pick you up. But then when it is you, yeah, you do have to be on the whole time. However, I think part of your questions was something which reminded me of one of the reasons I really like doing charity work or working with other people is I do think sometimes it's unhealthy to talk about yourself so much, which is what I'm just doing now. But it's different because we're sort of having what I hope, even though I'm talking too much, is a discussion. I do sometimes think when you're being interviewed a lot, you are talking about yourself so much. And you can't always be so free. Like with you, I feel very comfortable. I'm trying to remind myself to that I must censor myself slightly because other people will listen. But when you're doing an interview with a traditional media there's certain things you've got to get across because you're essentially mm. talking about your book or a project or working with someone. And that's why I love doing charity work because it's not about me at all. I'm talking about something completely different. Like when I was going to Kenya and I was with the Fair Trade Foundation meeting coffee growers and in Kenya and the culture where these villages are, the men own absolutely everything and the men take all the money and decide how the women spend it. Whereas these coffee farmers, these men gave their women, their own coffee bushes. So they had their own income, their own business, and they could choose how to spend it, how the children would get it on school and all this stuff. And I love it because it's not about me, but I can hopefully help them by spreading their message through my business and what I've built. But actually, it's not about me. And the whole time in Kenya, I was like, it was amazing. I was actually asking them all the questions on their time, cooking their food, and it was lovely. I felt really, really happy. So I think that's so maybe important. That's, maybe that's what was. Well, that sounds like that's a bigger part of your success in a funny way. Like you seem more energised talking about that than when yeah. you're talking about your day-to-day business. It is interesting though, isn't it? I think sometimes when I go but to you post need something, both. you need both. I mean, you can't have one without, you exactly. can't have the platform without creating and sustaining yeah. the platform that you're able to. Because on Instagram sometimes when I go to post something, I love giving away recipes. But you can only give away so many recipes, right? Because you sort of have to sell a book with recipes in them. And then I'll think, well, what shall I talk about? And then I think, oh, what have people appreciated before? What have we had good chats about? And then I think sometimes when I open up and talk about things, 
But sometimes I just think, I'm just so tired of talking about myself. I don't want to then put that on into an Instagram post. And as much as I love people checking in with you, caring about how you feel, it just sometimes feels like it's even more talking about yourself, which in turn makes me feel even more in a spin. It's a huge burden to be your own business, right? Do you feel that? Well, we're not as much because there are two of us. And I think also our profile's not as big as yours. So people perhaps aren't as... You're going to overtake me soon. Aren't as as interested. But also we do think about that. We do talk about that. You know, how much do we want to share with people and how much do we feel comfortable? And we do talk about the fact that we think that our, for example, our social media growth has been slower than it might have been because we don't share absolutely everything about our personal lives and our day-to-day feelings. We're happy to share emotions and things that feel relevant, but we don't Mm. want to just lay ourselves bare all the time because that separation... It's something that it feels precious to us and it's a safety thing. And there's there's a huge emotional load that comes with being a public face of your business. And so I can understand why, you know, that's why we love doing Step Up School. That's why we love giving people advice because it's not about us, it's about other people. Mm. The central thing that we talk about when we talk about you or that I think about when I'm thinking about you is about generosity. And I said it at the beginning in the introduction, but you want to cook for people because you want people to enjoy it. You never come anywhere without giving people food. We have got some chocolate powder as far as right here. <laughs> you do so much for charity. You do so much for other people. You've introduced us to so many people. Once, when we had only first met, I was it even before our book had come out, you spent maybe an hour on the phone to me discussing what our Instagram approach should be. I remember, Did I? Yeah, I was in the hairdresser. <laughs> Um, was I talking out of bollocks, though? No, oh, sorry, it was really helpful. Swear. No, it was really helpful. Yeah. But, I mean, you didn't need to do that. You'd only met me once or twice. And I wonder how consciously you do that. Do you even realise that you're doing that and how important it is? I probably did, because I'm just very interested in other people. And I think that's why also, like, we're sitting here talking about me, I'm like, I actually want to just ask you how you are and what you've been doing. But weirdly, Jazz is very like that, too. And our mum is really like that. You know, my mum is... My mum goes over and beyond. I mean, she'll literally take her shirt off and give it to you. She's that type of person. But I feel, when I look at what I think my success is, I feel like, success-wise, I've probably not looked after myself enough this year, but I feel I've really made more of an effort to spend more time with friends and family and God kids. And so I'm proud of that part of my life. And I just feel like, when I spend time with them, it is totally a win-win. Like, I feel like, you know when you miss someone's birthday or housewarming, I just feel like I just get this guilt that just sits in me. And I feel like I would do anything to not miss it because I just feel like families only really get together now when it's like weddings, funerals, and birthdays. And when I miss a birthday, I just start to think, oh no, I don't know, am I getting a bit morbid? I just really, really honour family time now more than ever I don't know if it's because mine Jazz's dad died four years ago and like we're just so sort of clutching onto mum more but like for example at Christmas I'm going to the Philippines and I've only been once when I was four and every oh, single wow. year I know nuts right and every single year since I've been old enough I've said to my mum let's go and she goes next year next year next year and finally I'm 33 now so it's 29 years I'm just going without her because she won't go <laughs> But I feel like I'm going to represent her there. And I'm so excited. And I already feel mega emotional about it because I'm going to be around people that I've never really met. You don't really meet them when you're four. And they're going to be like my mum. You know, she has five brothers and sisters. And I'm very excited about that. 
my big 2019 thing is to what am I trying to do when I'm making this movement Melissa's waving her hands around in a swirly way shift I think that's the word I want shift not make massive changes (laughs) Melissa's moving her hand a swirly way (laughs) I was like tweet that's my tweet I'll take a video and put it in the show notes yeah and shift stuff a bit more that feels more me I don't think I've been honouring what I want enough. So does that mean giving less and taking more back for yourself? I don't know, because I thrive on giving. Yeah, I, I feel like that's when you seem the most vitalised when you're talking yeah. about... I would say you've taught us how to network in a way, because we see how you network in such a natural and authentic way. And you know, if you ever see Melissa at a party or at any event, you just will talk to anyone and be open and be self-deprecating and funny and engaging and you and know, introduce people to and introduce other. people. And we really there's probably only a handful of people who we've learned things from that have really fed back into the growth of our business. And you're absolutely one of them. And and you're a lovely person to learn from because it feels so positive and natural with you. And I feel like this is turning into a therapy session because I feel oh. like you need a reminder that <laughs> you are extremely successful but maybe it's that you're defining maybe because we've done a podcast interview before that's actually out already as far as store she defined her success on a very daily way and that really worked for her but maybe mm. for you you shouldn't define your success or you shouldn't focus on your daily successes because if you are overwhelmed and things feel too much I think with maturity, you've realised it doesn't matter if you have those days, which is mm-hmm. what you slightly yeah. alluded to. But if you maybe don't use those metrics and you think, actually, my success is the fact that I'm prioritising going to the Philippines, the fact that I love giving back, the fact that mm. I'm doing so much charity work, and the other stuff is part of that package, maybe you need to slightly redefine your success. That's your shift. Do we have a success checklist? Not a checklist, but... So I do my gratitude writing of an evening... And weirdly, I really started to do that when my dog almost died in May. Of all the things, like my dad died four years ago, but it didn't make me start it. But it was when my dog almost died that I started writing my gratitude list. And then we should talk about the brag file. So the brag file... Do you do that every night, your gratitude list? Yeah. And how long is your list? Oh. How much time do you dedicate to it? Well, sometimes I literally fall asleep doing it. You know, when you go for a wee before bed, I'll like think about it when I'm having a wee or brushing my teeth. And then I'll scribble it as I go down. So I might have thought about it and then write it. It's very bullet point, very scratchy, and I, I actually never go back and read it. But it just fit. I should probably, shouldn't that's I? That's the essence That's of probably the, the essence of it. That is probably the essence of it. But I guess I enjoy it because it feels like when you've got your pen and paper in your hand, you're not touching your phone, which is a bonus. I like the habit of it, the ritual. I love a bedtime wind-down routine. So that feels like part of that, which in turn starts to make me more sleepy if I'm not already knackered. And I think... Whether you work with someone, whether you work in an office, whether you work completely by yourself, I do massively believe in therapy and I have tried every single type and I do not just spoken therapy, I do body therapy and everything and every single time I invest in it, even if I'm like, I don't have any money or time to do this, I never regret it. Like today I haven't touched my laptop once and back in the day, Alice, you asked me how I used to think success was, I used to think a day of banging out emails and get clearing my inbox and writing really good and efficient emails would have been a successful day and then other days if I was out and about doing podcasts and interviews and if I didn't touch my laptop I'd feel freaked out thinking of all the things I hadn't done and now I just feel like today was not a laptop day and I think it's really important not to have a laptop day because 
you know, Sunday scaries and Sunday wobbles or whatever people want to call them, I get them often too. And even, I mean, sorry, I keep talking about Kenya, but Kenya really, I think I've been feeling wobbly since Kenya because it really changed my brain. And actually, I think if you'd asked me how I felt about success before I went to Kenya, I'd have said something differently. But I went to Kenya, I've seen people who have not very much at all and people who have been really helped by the fair trade foundation if you don't know what fair trade is it's basically a charity that puts a fair trade price on things like chocolate coffee and bananas you've probably seen the sticker which ensures that even if prices crash the farmer is guaranteed a fair price and that obviously massively impacts their families and their community and their villages but since I've come back I sort of landed 10 days ago 6am at Heathrow airport after traveling for 24 hours and I was really I felt really numb and my boyfriend was like, how was it? Was it amazing? And I was like, I really don't know how to describe the shift I feel. And I think that's what I'm coming out of now is I'm really trying to work out what I would like to spend more of my time doing. And I think what we said is doing more for other people, which in turn does stuff for me. Mm. And I'm not really certain that London life is very nurturing for me. I mean, that goes without saying for most people, but I don't feel very successful in London. And that isn't actually comparing myself to someone else. But I really like what you said. You can't compare your inside to someone else's outsides. But I think often I'm comparing me to what I think me should be. And it's actually not someone else. And I think here, the pace of the city makes me feel different And I actually think, you know, just delving deeper into my therapy, I think a different environment would help me feel more successful. Like I was saying about being outside and... Just cooking part of that, because I very much feel that... Well, last night I made a butternut squash soup because I was just Mm. not feeling great. And I just knew it was a long process of roasting and then doing all that it takes hours to make. But do you think that's where the food comes from? I just imagine that your mum kind of bequeathed you the love of food. I only imagine that because I'm being slightly stereotypical about, we have met your mum briefly about her kind of givingness and her her background and stuff. But do you think that that pace and that change and that kind of centeredness that you obviously need, is that where the love of food and cooking for other people comes from? I think definitely my mum, you know, we don't have a very touchy-feely family, which is strange because, you you know, my mum's very giving but she's not necessarily touchy-feely and I've always been the sort of person where my boyfriend's always like oh you're always touching you know like you're just a very cuddly person and I think I didn't really have that but my mum's way of showing love was massively through food mm. you know always through food and it was just I think like many mums who give a lot through their food she thinks it can solve everything and I do you're right when I know I've got a specific dish to look forward to making or cooking because often I don't actually cook that much so I've got something in the freezer or something in the fridge that is already done and I know all I have to do is come home and reheat it that can definitely shift my mood and cooking in turn can really relax me and food shopping the other day I did an online food shop I'm not interested in shopping for clothes and anything else but I got like such a little hit of like felt like a sort of better than an orgasm when I'd done a food shop I mean I was so excited I wasn't sure there if you were going to say you hated online food shopping or you loved it in that moment it really oh okay yeah but clothes shopping no doesn't give me any joy though I love you know a lovely printed dress but 
when you know you're going to cook food for someone or cook food for yourself or fill up the fridge or fill up the freezer it is like a little investment into yourself so also speaking of lists and strategy I've got a list of things I do when I feel rubbish and they're as simple as make the bed or my big one is change the bed sheets because I always feel that that is like oh, yeah. a new Renew, start clean, Renew, sheets, nice. clean sheets my favorite night of the week the I've got clean sheets tonight as well this morning I had to be out of the house at six but I still stripped the bed and got it ready isn't it exciting yes. but you know what I just bought a new pillow which is like that oh, feeling only times. one not for your partner as well no. have you used it yet yeah that day I bought it I literally couldn't stop thinking about it all day long. <laughs> oh my god that feeling and now it's like a weekend so it's it's now it's bedding in it's yeah. literally it's bedding in like my head was vertical for the first few days but no, yeah, sorry, diverged. But how important is that? That's a third of your life. A third of your day you're spending on that thing. Very important. But, yeah, on my list is, yeah, clean the sheets or do some sort of washing. I never like folding it or any of that. I just like the act of putting it in the washing machine and doing that sort of thing. Another one is making sure there's something in the fridge. So even if it's not something I'm necessarily going to eat that day, but it feels like a little... Insurance um, policy. Insurance policy. Thank you. I remember when we first met Melissa when we first met you and we were asking you for like some tips on something and you said make a batch of soup yeah I always say make soup it was our international women's day that was it and like make the batch portion it out put it in the freezer and then it's always there and also give some to someone else because that's good food come and make you feel good yeah okay so for an easy one change your bed sheets because that's like well if you're feeling really crap about yourself and in a really terrible mood that might take you the whole day I mean I've had days when it's just taken me all my energy to walk into my bedroom strip my bed and change it but that could be one good thing you could do one other good thing you could do could be to make soup you could roast butternut squash you could also just throw it all into the pan and do it just in the pan but yeah if you eat that soup give it to someone else and have it in the fridge it's like tick 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 it's like a three ticker do your gratitude. Do my gratitude. And then, shall we explain the brag file? Because I keep talking about we'll it. We'll end on the brag file. We'll end on the brag file. You guys taught me this. Would I have read it in your book or would I have heard you talk about it? I think I might have heard you yeah. talk about it. Will you explain it? So the brag file is essentially a place to put all of the compliments that you receive and all the positive things that happen to you. It is your proof that the negative beliefs that you hold about yourself are untrue and actually there are alternative positive beliefs about you that are true and essentially your evidence to yourself that you're amazing. And it's something to keep, to complete, because what we do when we receive compliments, for example, is that we always focus on negative, not positive. We hold on to negatives. So we hear a compliment and we dismiss it and we don't actually retain it or remember it. We essentially might as well not have received it. So if you just write it down or get a lovely email and file it in your brag file, what you do is you then reread it at a specified time every week. And what that means is that it proves to you how brilliant you are and you can then feel amazing. I can't wait to go home, get into my new re- sheets and reread my brag file. And your gratitude file. <laughs> and my... So I need to do that then, don't I? I think so. You're right. That's probably 50% of the joy of my gratitude. Yeah, because the process and the act of doing it, but then also at least giving yourself once a week where you read back over that week. Yeah. So start your gratitude diaries, change the sheets, <laughs> make, make soup. soup, make soup and start your brag file and it will all be okay. 
If you enjoyed the podcast and it sparked some thoughts about your success, please don't forget to leave us a review wherever you're listening. Again, all the information is in the show notes. Don't forget to head to stepupclub.co to find out more about how Step Up School could help you achieve your career dreams. See you next week, same time, same place. We've got plenty of incredible women, each with her own definition of success up our sleeves.